Welcome to On the Bench. I am Brendan Sinone. I am joined today by Josh Newberg, Chris Nee, and Zach Blostein. We are the superheroes of On the Bench. I just collided my hands together like the Wonder Twins, you know, they did the ring thing. Josh's superpower was staying up past midnight the other day. Josh, how did that go for you? Good. I was able to jump on Facebook. You guys kept me alive. I'm talking to the uh, the listeners out there. I hopped on Facebook Live at midnight, had a good crowd. We had, we had like over 200 people in there on a on a Monday night at midnight, <laughs> just hanging out, talking FSU recruiting. That sounds like a blast. It, it, meanwhile, Christopher and, and Zachary were leading the charge of Knowles 24-7's recruiting coverage on the bench. Uh, Chris, how did it feel to be ass on seat there on the actual bench again? Long time come. Felt good to be back out there. It was good to have human interaction again, to not only talk to pros, also see the coaches, meet some people. Yeah, that's how this job is supposed to be done. You got to hang out with me, too. That was a low light. <laughs> Zachary, how you feeling? You've been on the bench, not just uh, for that midnight, but then the next day and then the day after. So you've gotten plenty of, of OTB time. Yeah, it's been it's been tiring, but it's exactly what I've been looking forward to, surprisingly, for the past couple of months. Um, but I've just had a, had a lot of fun, like you said, Chris. Uh, getting that in person interaction is really important. Alrighty, um, so within this we have field. a lot to get to. Unless you've been in the ditch the last few days, like you, you probably have a pretty good understanding that FSU recruiting and just recruiting world in general has gone bonkers because for the first time in in what fifteen months, uh, on campus visits are allowed. Uh, uh, organized recruiting visits and and tactics can be uh, utilized and their strategy again and um there's recruiting so that's what we're going to talk about here on on the bench today and there's a ton of it to go over like i said uh, we've been working the phones uh, we've been on the bench so there's a lot of information but but first before we get to who's been at fsu who did the midnight madness and whatnot let's go to a Josh, help me out here. Are we calling this a decommitment for Nico Marchiola or just a lack of commitment now? What 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 are we calling this officially? I'll take it from here. Yeah. Duck, Chandler, Duck Chandler, Arizona, Hamilton, four-star quarterback Nico Marchiola is no longer committed to Florida State. I had been alluding to this for the last month that if Nico were to take visits, I didn't think that his commitment to FSU would last long. We've talked plenty about the game of chicken that had been being played between Nico and the FSU staff uh, a couple weeks ago. Actually, it was it was a week to the day after the Duffy, the AJ Duffy commitment. Nico Markiel announced that he was taking two official visits, Michigan State, West Virginia. And then on Wednesday of this week, yesterday, um, he showed up for an unofficial visit at Arizona State. And that was kind of the tipping point. Um, you know, I had said on here that Florida State didn't want their quarterback commit running around all over the country, taking photos, talking up other schools, mentioning that he still has a decision to make while still being an FSU commit and still being in the commitment group chat. I mean, it just, it was just going to come to a head and it did yesterday. I believe there was a conversation between FSU and Nico yesterday evening where, you know, they parted ways. I'm not exactly sure how and when it went down, but he is no longer on the Florida State commitment list, and the Knowles have one commitment now at quarterback, and that's just A.J. Duffy, four-star quarterback at IMG Academy. My understanding all along, Josh, you can clarify this for me if I'm wrong, but that it was communicated clearly to Nico that there would be two quarterbacks in this class. I think he's talked about that, but more so if he – took a visit elsewhere that FSU would no longer honor the commitment. So so he basically knew by going to Arizona State what the deal was, right? I believe so. I, I you know, this was communicated to him. Yes, there had been previous uh, conversations where uh, Mark, you always informed that, you know, this is how it's going to be. And if you're all in, you're not going to be taking visits as a QB commitment. And he's he I believe he said he understood that. But, you know, I think in the back of both sides minds, they knew this was this was inevitable. Um, I don't think once you know, it all it all stems from the A.J. Duffy commitment, regardless of what Nico Markiel said before the commitment about taking two quarterbacks. He was clearly bothered by the second take um, and that prompted him to schedule visits and the whole recruitment to unwind from there. That was then. This is now. Chris has said that about 20 times on the back. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to push that until it takes. I'm no, just, I, I get it. I like pushing. it. 
I like it. It makes sense. Bro, it, 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 it's not it's not knocking off Duck Duck Goose. Don't even try. The question that immediately comes up is what does FSU do with QB2? Are they taking a second? Are they going to call MJ Morris and try to get him to delay today? We don't expect that. We expect MJ Morris to commit today. I think NC State's the expectation by many. We haven't paid it that much mind since FSU landed Duffy. Josh, you think FSU takes a second high school quarterback? Mm. And if no on the high school part, do you still think they take a second quarterback in some form or fashion before this cycle concludes? Okay. I'm going to answer this in two parts. As of right now, no, I do not think they take a second quarterback because there's not a second quarterback right now that they're recruiting. Um, As you said, and I've said countless times on here and the Knowles 24 seven message board, Florida state is not recruiting MJ Morris. They are not recruiting Taven Jackson. Um, there's really not another quarterback on the board right now. So as it stands right now, I would say no. But knowing what's about to happen, meaning all of these camps, all of these prospects coming to campus over the course of the next three, four weeks, I can't rule it out because we know that Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham put a lot of emphasis on what they see in person and and the things that they, they see out on the football field. So If there was a quarterback that came around that blew him out of the water and that they fell in love with, there's a scholarship offer there for him. There's a spot in this class for him. So I'm not ruling out a second quarterback, but right now I do not see them signing a high school quarterback. There's nobody in my mind that I could say, yeah, that's the guy that I see them signing. Yeah. And the caveat on that, I agree with you, is that what happens with the current QB room? Obviously, Milton's in this last year, but do we see anybody else move on? Potential things like that. You never know with that position. Sometimes it kind of devolves very quickly. So obviously that could change the dynamics. I do think the staff believes after seeing how they're able to get Milton that if they have to go you know, transfer market to help out the depth or find the long-term uh, solution at quarterback, they, they feel like that's a viable option as well for them. Uh, but right now they're obviously really thrilled with AJ Duffy and, and think very highly of him and, and view him as a potential you know, NFL quarterback. Uh, one other note, FSU's quarterback camp this summer is June 18th. Uh, so that will be a chance to see quarterbacks in person. Also the mega camp this week, and we'll have some quarterback play as well. Uh, moving on another piece of information that that's going to be important to monitor uh, as it applies to, to, I guess it's kind of recruiting related, but uh Destin Hill is not enrolled with the rest of the 2021 class. So that is FSU's four-star wide receiver. Uh, Josh, you broke this story the other day. People are asking questions. What do we know definitively right now about Destin Hill and his standing with, with Florida State? Yeah, major blow to the uh, the 2021 signing class. Obviously the most highly rated, but also a player of major need because we know Florida State needs playmakers at the wide receiver position. Um you know, I don't have a lot of details to report besides the fact that I know his recruit his enrollment is delayed. I don't think it's going to be something that we see uh, cleared up this month, maybe not this summer. Um, yeah, that's all. That's about all I can say about it right now. Different sources that we've spoken with have been cautious to give a specific timeline, other than just said probably not this summer. Uh, whether that falls into fall camp i know it's been reported elsewhere that uh, he's not expecting the fall i can't definitively say that right now uh but but it's going to be interesting to to monitor because the timeline and the reason for him him not making it in with the rest of the 2021 class have not been specified uh, on or off record right now we don't we do not know that exactly but yeah it's a huge blow uh chris what are your thoughts on the wide receiver room right now if there's not a destin hill involved in it because I think we were all thinking he was going to be a big factor even as a true freshman this season well I think Parchment's a key piece to that and obviously he's here he's underway and he's a guy that the staff is very high on and he has that college maturity so I think the hope is that he's kind of plug and play this puts more pressure on either one of two scenarios which is first the freshman stepping up Josh Burrell Malik McLean that's a lot to ask, and it was a lot to ask for Destin Hill to be that guy too. But your hope is that if you got three, you might get something out of one or two of them. Now the numbers reduce, and you're still hoping for one or two of them to emerge. The other side of the coin is, you know, Keyshawn Helton or Jordan Young, someone of that sort, either returning to their old form in Helton's case, or stepping up and finally emerging as a player in Young's case, as well as the other receivers in that room, Pokey Wilson. There's a couple others. But, you know, that's a position where FSU doesn't have a whole lot of returning hope in the sense of guys that were mass producers in recent years. So, 
you know, it's just you always kind of throw numbers at it and hope you find a few. And when that number reduces by a guy who you think was very talented, arguably the best offensive player you signed in your last class, it's a disappointing. So I want to get your guys' thoughts kind of related to this. Uh, think back with the time we've been covering Florida State or, or just college football in general. Can you think of an example, and obviously it's not all apples to apples, but but of someone whose enrollment was delayed that went beyond just, you know, the summer that went into the season or after that, where it ends like happily ever after. Like, I can't think of one. I'm sure there's an example out there, but usually when you start talking about these kind of delays, it, it just historically, it doesn't bode well short-term or long-term for, for a person making it at the college level. Well, I mean, there's been guys that had to get in at the final gun and it happened, but obviously there's other cases where they go to JUCO and sometimes if you go to JUCO, you're never going to be heard from again. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a concern. It's, I guess you could call it a red flag if you so choose, but I'll allow it to play out. Like I'm not going to gloom and doom on it. You yeah. know, I, I, I need more clarity from those that know before I go jumping to conclusions with regards to it. I don't think this is a situation where he's expected to go to junior college from what I, my understanding. Yeah, sorry, I, I didn't mean to imply that entirely. I more was talking about past examples. Gotcha. Just, there, there's just, I don't, it's weird, so I don't want to be speculative. I'm just saying that, like, typically when we start seeing this kind of delay, it just typically does not go well. But there's still obviously moving parts here, and we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully it works out for FSU and for Dustin Hill. Uh, by all accounts, he, he would be someone who would help out for sure. Uh one more thing I want to get to is kind of involved before we get into the midnight madness and kind of paint the picture with what that was like and get into all the interviews that have been conducted by, by Zach and Chris being on the bench and, and the work that, that Josh has done uh, working the phones kind of related to it because he showed up right after midnight. I wasn't expecting him and that's Kane Madden for the official visit. I thought he was gonna be showing up like Tuesday morning, not Tuesday morning at, at midnight. So Joshua, I'm going to throw this to you, but we could all kind of weigh in on Kane Madden, his official visit. He left yesterday. Uh, What's up with the big Marshall off the line transfer and, and where's FSU standing leaving the official? Yeah, arrived at 12.01 a.m., left yesterday around 4 p.m. Um, he left Tallahassee and headed straight to Notre Dame to uh, start his two-day official visit there. Um, as far as details go, Kane Madden declined to speak to the media as he departed, but speaking to a couple sources, I was told this was a pretty straightforward casual visit. Kane Madden has been a college athlete now for three, four years, but he was a walk-on, um, so he is enjoying the process, but not necessarily in the same way that the the high school recruits are. I was told that you know he wasn't really interested in the photo shoots. He wasn't really interested. Or he didn't do the photo shoot. He wasn't really interested in some of the things that they were doing um, for social media, but he did want to sit down and talk to Alex Atkins. I was told that they had a couple – you know, two, three hour long meetings where they watch tape and they just talked and they, they spent time together. Um, he also enjoyed spending time with the, with the current players. Uh, it wasn't, you know, they didn't necessarily have to roll out the red carpet for Kane Madden. I asked, you know, what was important to Kane Madden? And, and it was a resounding answer, playing time. And that makes sense. He's there. He's wherever he goes, he's going to be there for one year. He's leaving Marshall. He's trying to improve his stock as a brand and as a football player. Um, his decision is real simple. Florida State was was showing him the path to playing time and where he fits in in their scheme. And now Notre Dame's going to go do the same thing. Um, I don't know if it's it's just a two team race. I hear that Auburn might be bringing him in, although there's no date set for that yet. But I do think that that's a possibility. Um, I know he's still taking Zoom meetings. I confirmed that Missouri set up a Zoom call with him recently, and he's taken a few others. So. He is weighing his options. For those that thought that this Kane Madden to tally uh, was was a done deal, it is not. And and Kane Madden's currently on campus at Notre Dame. We'll see what he does after that. I think we'll have a decision. If I had to put a time frame on it, I would feel good saying we'll have a decision by the end of the month, probably sooner. But I don't think it's going to be. You know, I don't know if Kane Madden leaves Notre Dame and is ready to make a decision. Yeah, to, to you know, add to that. Um, like Josh said, it, from from being on the bench and seeing Kane Madden enter and leave the the more athletic center, it seemed very much like a business trip um, with him and his dad. They kind of wanted to get info, um, you know, on on how Kane Madden would fit into the situation uh, with the offensive line at Florida State. 
And like Josh said, he cares a lot about playing time. FSU obviously has that to offer, um, but it's going to be interesting to see how Notre Dame pitches uh, playing time to him and then if any other schools get in the mix and, and how those school schools play into his recruitment. Yeah, the, the entrance and exit walks from Kane Madden, they were about as serious as they get. He's not there for the paparazzi. He's not there for the photos. He's a dude that's lived the college life, and he's looking for the next stop. That's going to be the best stop for him for what he wants to maximize in his remaining time. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed the stiff arm he delivered directly to me when I asked if he wanted to talk, and I kind of expected the answer we got. I think I would have been more surprised by if he sat there and filled up my recorder for 10 minutes. But, yeah, we're going to see how it plays out. How do we feel about crystal ball at this point? That's the question we're always going to get. I, I feel okay, but I'm leaning towards uneasy. If you had to redo it, let's say that you never – would you have never put in the crystal ball based on this weekend, Chris? Like if you could oh, just redo God, it. God, you know I wouldn't. I'm, <laughs> I'm sheepish as I come with those crystal balls. I'm not a show crystal baller, and I'm not used to knowing where I'm just throwing my balls what? around anywhere and everywhere. What? I'm a trendsetter. I put in Jaleel Skinner, and guess who followed me? Zachary. Okay, whatever. Um, no, but to, to go off Kane Madden, uh, I, I'm kind of worried about my crystal ball just because when I put it in, he had no other visits planned. And I kind of thought that, you know, with Florida State, the whole mindset was to try and lock him down on that first first OV, the one that they, they locked in. That obviously didn't happen. He's going to go to other schools, at least um, one school as of now in Notre Dame. So we'll see. Obviously, we'll probably get um, more intel as the as the Notre Dame visit um, progresses. But um, yeah, I'm a little bit worried. I'm still, you know, I'm still keeping it in. I'm not changing it, but a um, li- little more worried than I was, uh, you know, when I first entered the crystal ball. Yeah, reasons for optimism. So we don't sound all doom and gloom on this. FSU has done a very good job with landing transfers, especially the guys they truly wanted. FSU certainly has playing time to offer. And I think FSU has the kind of staff that fits him. I think Alex Atkins, obviously, excellent position coach. Guy is very serious about it. Pretty well respected in the game. And I think that probably was conveyed over three days. I also think Mike Norvell probably did a very good job with this of understanding what buttons to push and how to go about doing it. But I'm never going to dismiss Notre Dame, especially for an offensive lineman. You know, he's basically going to be pitch, hey, come in and replace Liam Eikenberg. Yeah, it's probably going to be one of the major pitches. Or, hey, we came out of spring. We weren't sure what our guards looked like. You could be plug and play. That's going to be sold. Notre Dame's obviously had a great deal of success under Brian Kelly, and they're a school that produces offensive linemen at a high level. So that's going to be what FSU is going to have to fight off. I think the sooner, the better for FSU. The longer this goes, the more concerned I would get. How are you feeling about your balls, Joshua? Eh. I mean, at the time, you know, I made the prediction at the time based on the programs that we knew were involved. Uh, the Notre Dame visit wasn't even scheduled at the time we made the crystal ball picks, right? We don't. We didn't even know that Notre Dame was in the picture. I don't think FSU knew that Notre Dame was so, in the picture. I, Notre Dame wasn't in the picture at that point. If my balls hadn't dropped already, I probably wouldn't drop them right now. I'd probably mm-hmm. just hold off. But they dropped. I thought it was a done deal to FSU. Was that passive aggressive enough for you, Joshua? Was that okay? You thought it was? Well, I told you it wasn't. I don't know. I just, oh, know. I'm just trying to make sure my passive aggressiveness is, is on par and up to the, the Newbergian standard. Yes, I can uh, feel that, it. Yeah, that's all. All right. Next topic. No, next topic is gonna be a <laughs> commercial is gonna be I was gonna do a buyer's to know, but I can't even remember it now. Uh we're gonna do a commercial break. And then after that, we are gonna go very deep into the midnight madness. We're going to paint some pictures. We're going to talk about all the scoop and intel we got from this weekend. Uh, it's not even a weekend. I can't even remember days, fellas. What day is it? Thursday? Thursday. Thursday, that feels like a Tuesday. All right, commercial break. We'll be right back. I promise it'll be better on the other side. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, 
Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to On the Bench. We are going to talk about our time on the bench, and that was a a doozy. Christopher, I want to get going on this here. It was midnight. The lights on inside of Doak, uh, but it was a little little dark, a little dingy outside of it by the Bobby Bowden statue. Uh, but the energy, man, can you talk about the energy and, and what it felt like to be back out there with the buzz of recruiting kind of in the in the air? Well, kids were walking up, probably started really coming up around 1140 to Bobby Bowden statue. Obviously having to wait, they see the coaches inside. You got Kenny Dillingham pacing back and forth. Mike Norvell with that abundance of energy staring out the doors, waiting to kick them open. The rest of the staff in there, Doke's prepped and ready to go. They're ready to fire on all cylinders, get this thing going two hours in and out, you know, do what they want to do with midnight madness and then have a little uh, additional recruiting stuff beyond the two hour window with some kids. And then obviously follow it up the next day or later that same day. But uh, so <laughs> that, that's been tripping me up. Has that been tripping you up? Like I still like that. It was one day. I, that's I can't remember the, the day of the week plus well, the Memorial Day. And then uh, just, not sidetracked. But, uh, you know, in some ways, the way FSU structured this, especially for guys who stayed into yesterday to Wednesday, it almost felt like a three day visit because mm-hmm. they did the midnight portion, grabbed a little sleep to the Tuesday, most of the day or at least a portion of the day, more sleep Wednesday get out of here. So it almost felt like the official visit length where you have almost that three day window, 48 hours sort of. And I think that's effective. I think that's going to pay off. I think it allows relationships to develop, which I think was a big key to what they did over the last few days. But yeah, midnight madness, you know, 1201 AM rolls around, Brendan Gantz trying again, Norvell opens that door. He yells to the heavens, let's go. Doors are open. Um, Takes him out on the field, flashes uh, the new ride, the Batmobile, as some people like to call it. Slingshot. It's a slingshot. Yeah, the slingshot. Um, you know, they have their time on the field, highlight videos and tables set up. Everybody kind of congregate, just hanging out. Coaches spending time with kids, kids spending time with each other, families getting to know each other, coaches talking to families, all that. Then they walk them straight through Dope to the other end, walk them, you know, beyond the Seminole Sports Shop there, straight outside to a plethora, to use Zach's word, of golf carts that are waiting right by the Seminole on Concord statue. They hop on the golf carts. They go for a tour of campus. They end up at Westcott Fountain at Westcott photo shoot. Let's have some fun, a little bit different in front of Westcott building, Ruby diamond auditorium with the fountain guys just hanging out again, a lot of camaraderie, a lot of fun, a lot of loose environment. They take a commitment photo with all the commitments and the coaches get them back to the stadium, a little bit more time together have a little fun around 2 a.m. when they pulled up to the stadium by the Bowden statue and the golf carts. A good amount dispersed. Some went inside. You know, the Las Vegas boys and A.J. Duffy went inside. They did a photo shoot that evening. Some others went inside. Others departed to come back later in the day or to be done for the evening. It was quick. It was concise. And in talking to kids, parents, and everybody involved, I feel like they executed at a very high level. It seemed like the general consensus was that first and foremost it was fun it was enjoyable but two it was informative and three it was fun in the sense of like you know we've talked to each other on zoom or we've we've text or i i know of that guy but i've never met that guy there was a lot of those dots being connected in person something that hasn't been allowed for 15 months and i think it really hit the right spot zach did you think you had a chance to get there before christney i thought i did I, I think I was there before Chris Knee. I was just waiting in my car. You were car. not on the bench, therefore it does not count. <laughs> yeah. You well, don't I win the race if you don't cross the finish line, Zach. Okay, okay. But I was in the parking lot, so it kind of counts. Um, But yeah, it was, it was a crazy event. And just to touch on what Chris said, I I spoke to Kevin Coleman's dad yesterday um, following their, their the ending of their trip to Florida State. And he 
dove into to, to the Midnight Madness event in specific, kind of talking about how Florida State was the first school to do it and that they didn't waste any time to show how much they wanted these kids. That's that's basically a quote that he he told me. Um, we got a story with, with him on those 24-7, but yeah, it, it was a huge hit amongst all the recruits there. They had some local guys, some national guys, so a lot of diversity in, in, in the prospects they brought in, but a lot of quality um, FSU targets in attendance. Josh, were you there for, like, did we, I don't know if we put it in the group text message, so you may not have been there for it, but the theory of what Chris does to get on the bench first, he does mm-hmm. a rope-a-dope. He doesn't respond in the group thread. So when we're all talking about what time should we get there, whatnot, that's like his time to like hustle and get there and then just sneakily be like, oh, I'm here. So he can be the first one to plant his flag on the bench. It's a very Chris move, right? And yeah. he asks, Zach, where are you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we figured out his game. We got it. We got I'm, it. Here. I'm sorry I'm living the Tom Coughlin life of if you say you're supposed to be there at 1030, I get there at 928. No one set a time. We were all trying to figure out what time to be there. And then the time is when Chris gets there. I'm there right now. (laughs) I live on this bench, son. All right. So who do we want to get to first? Josh, I'll let you kind of run point here and and talk about the recruiting dynamics and guess all all the guys who are here and there. And um, yeah, I'll let you, I'll shut up and let you talk about it from here and let you run point. Okay. Thank you Yep. for for shutting up mainly. Yep. Um, Yep. I want to talk about one of the, first of all, I want to talk about one of the late additions to the list. I think originally on Knowles 24-7, we published the list. There was 18 names, but then we added Julian Armella to it to make 19 total. Um, Armella is from South Florida. He's a legacy prospect. We talk a lot about him on the the, uh, podcast because he's at a position of need, offensive tackle. Four-star prospect came in for his first visit of the Mike Norvell era. Um, I believe, Zach, you spoke with him, right? After the yeah. after the trip concluded, you know he's a guy that I had on my trending down list uh, three four weeks ago. But what was the vibe of him as he departed campus? He he raved about about the visit, especially the midnight madness portion of it. I think what what stood out to him was this was his first ever visit as a recruit to Florida State. He was here last for a Jimbo Fisher camp when he was 12 or 13 years old. Mm -hmm. So this really marked his first ever trip as a recruit to FSU and FSU hit on all cylinders um, based, based on what he told us. And I think just getting him up and then not only just for the midnight madness portion, but he came back later in the morning um, of that same day to kind of meet with the staff again, do some tours around campus and uh, other activities, uh, at Florida State. So, you know, getting him there for what was, you know, in total, probably six hours on campus, just, it, it, it was vital. And obviously he made his way down to Miami um, for their barbecue event later in the day. But FSU really, I think, positioned themselves back into this recruitment. Like you said, you had him on your list of guys trending down to Florida State, but this visit really opened his, uh, opened his eyes to FSU in a recruiting perspective. And I think Mike Norvell, Kenny Dillingham, and especially Alex Atkins did a great job um, with Armella on the trip. Yeah. I had somebody describe him coming in as a necessity. That was the exact word used. I, I think FSU, obviously they love him. He's a talented guy. He's a legacy. He's an in-state guy. There's a lot of reasons why they want him. Plus they need offensive linemen. Um, but I, I think to that point before he pulled up and was there and it was official and it was happening, I think they were concerned just because there hasn't been in-person interaction. There hasn't been him going out of his way to get up here on his own, which a lot of kids obviously did, and they made an effort to get some kids to do that and whatnot. But for this app, and I think it's a big piece, Steve Wilfong chimed in on the evening that he believes FSU-LSU are basically his top two, and he thought FSU was searching ahead. Um, I will also add, I believe he was accompanied by his girlfriend on this visit. I think he mentioned to Zach that he would like to get back with parents or at least a parent. Yeah. Um, but like Chris said, th- this visit, he, he took it, he took the visit with his girlfriend, but um, he told me in the interview that the next step is setting up a visit where both of his parents can come along and get the experience as well. So that that's going to be the next step for FSU if they want to really be a serious contender. And I think another thing that we can talk about, um, like Wolfong mentioned, LSU is the other player. Their O-line coach just got fired. 
Um, and he's scheduled to be on an official visit to LSU this weekend. So that's going to be an interesting situation. And that certainly seems like it, it'll bode well for FSU within his recruitment. Yeah, I felt for, not for a while, but I feel like this is a Miami FSU battle at this point. I thought that LSU was going to be a factor, um, but you know, I think this is going to turn into a Miami-Florida State battle. Another prospect that made his first visit to Florida State under, under the Mike Norvell era was Javante Barnes, who came in out of Las Vegas. He's a running back prospect that we've talked about here on the site and on the podcast a couple times, but his recruitment to FSU wasn't real until he stepped foot on campus. But once he did step foot on campus, you know, we know that this one had staying has staying power because he says he is from Orlando. He still has family in Orlando. He currently lives in Las Vegas, but feels that Florida is home to him. Um, Chris, Javante Barnes coming in. FSU has one running back spot open. Is it is he the clear uh, top of the board prospect at the position? I think he's trending in that direction. I mean, running back recruiting for them has been interesting because you got Jalen Glover, Damari Alston. There's been others, Katron Allen, but I think Katron's a far-fetched idea at this so point, too. especially until he steps on campus. So it's been kind of like a who's their guy. And obviously Glover was trending in that direction at one point, but I feel like they pumped the brakes a bit on that here in recent weeks. I think Barnes is a guy that, one, he's insanely talented, but two, he's versatile. And I think he fits exactly what they like at that position. And it went a long way for them to get on him on campus. He did Midnight Madness and then him, along with his uh, teammate and co-traveler from Vegas, they stayed along with A.J. Duffy and did a photo shoot well into the morning hours. I think they ended up leaving the more just before 4 a.m. after Midnight Madness. They were the last guys out of the building during that portion of the event. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say he's trending that direction. He talked to Blair, who works for us at 247 as well, beyond talking to Zach during the visit. And he just, you know, he kind of raved about the coaches. He said he really enjoyed it that, you know, visits are the most important thing in my recruitment. So the fact that FSU was kind of the first one out for him is a big deal. You know, he decision timeline, uh, it's kind of a toss-up. might be an All-American game, maybe sooner. So FSU's got a little time here. But I do think he'll get back to campus possibly this month. All right, we're not going to talk about everybody that visited. You can go to Knowles 24-7 for that. We have a promo going on now. We've had a ton of new signups. We appreciate you guys. We love it. And we are just bringing you guys more and more information. But if you want to go sign up, upper right-hand corner, click the link join, and it'll take you directly to the promo we have going on now. Um, one prospect, one more guy I want to talk about before we move on is Julio Skinner. Um, coming in from Greer, South Carolina, the six foot four, 210 pound, we'll call him a wide receiver. Um, he made it to campus for an unofficial visit. He was part of this group that came in at 12.01 a.m. And in, I wouldn't even say the aftermath of the visit because he was still on campus, but we saw some big crystal balls drop. Most notably, Steve Wiltfong came in and put his in uh, for Jaleel Skinner to Florida State. Zach, what's the buzz going on with Jaleel Skinner right now to Florida State? Yeah, I mean, you got to start off with Jaleel before the weekend even started, he was hanging out with quarterback commit A.J. Duffy uh, and defensive back commits Travis Hunter and Sam McCall in California for the Steve Clarkson QB elite retreat event that he was out there catching passes for those quarterbacks. So that was definitely interesting. And, and then getting on campus, he was with Travis Hunter for pretty much the entire time. We never saw those two apart. They entered the building, they exited the building, always side by side. So Travis Hunter definitely played a, a huge part in, in Jaleel getting the full feel for what Florida State has to offer. And he even said that in, in our interview. Um, but his comments are, are super telling. We have a, an article with him um, that we caught, him, caught up with him yesterday. He, I believe he's still on campus at FSU today on Thursday as we're recording this. But yesterday he said um, that his next step is going to be getting back on campus to FSU with his parents because um, this visit he just he took by himself but he has a lot of other official visits uh scheduled and we expect him to take all those visits before deciding but but like you said um i felt good i answered a crystal ball i believe most of us have um and, and i think fsu is definitely trending in the right direction i haven't because i'm sheepish um other visits arizona state florida i believe florida is actually this weekend miami end of the month 
um, Alabama, I believe. Was he was it Alabama? The other one? I'm trying to remember. Alabama. He's yeah. supposed to take yeah. Alabama. Okay, Alabama. So, like yeah, Alabama, Arizona State, Florida, Miami. Those are the right. main ones. Clemson's a possibility. I asked him after the interview if he was going to get there. He said he had to discuss it with his father. Um, I caught up with Skinner the minute he got off the golf cart around 2.01 a.m. on Tuesday morning. And I just wanted a quickie from him as far as an update, not, you know, the full length one that we're going to go for when he kind of wrapped up the extended visit. Asked from what it was like to be there and just experience Midnight Madness portion. I mean, it was like everything I really expected, he said. I've been waiting to get out here since I was seven years old. Dreams do come true. Uh, it might be a little visit high and emotional, but but the interest in FSU was legitimate. It was legitimate before he stepped on campus. I think FSU's done a phenomenal job. We'd be out of our realm if we didn't mention that Tony Tokars is a huge piece of this puzzle. He's done a phenomenal job with the young man, really connected with him. Kenny Dan- Dillingham, Ron Dugan's also doing a phenomenal job. Of course, Mike Norvell heavily involved. The thing that stands out about Skinner when you see him in person, that catch radius is absurd. I think it's like 83 inches. I mean, it, it, he, he's long. He's lanky. He is a wide receiver. and His, his arms legitimately like hang below his knee, right? Yeah, and he's FSU views him as a receiver. Like he might be listed as a tight end by some. Nah, he's a big receiver who can be used in a multitude of ways, and that includes lining him up maybe in line and using him in that sense, but he can also be lined up wide and do a lot of different things. I am interested to see as he takes visits, does he have a high with each visit? Is he one of those kids where that kind of happens, like a recency bias? But I think at the end of the day, FSU gets him back here potentially before his official for the Notre Dame game. That would be huge. I get the feeling he intends to decide before he takes the official for the Notre Dame game. So I guess the fact he has an FSU official visit scheduled for after his potential commitment window is a pretty impressive item. So would I put in a crystal ball for him if I was loosey-goosey? Yes, I would for FSU. Are you implying that Zach and I are loosey-goosey? Yes, I am. And Will Fong? And Will Fong? Yeah. No, I would never say such things about Steve. Hmm. 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 Um. I wanted to go to one other recruiting item and play a little buyer's known, but is there anything else from the weekend? Well, well how about uh, this? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, 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 AJ uh, Duffy, Travis Hunter need to be complimented for how good of recruiters they are. Um, I think personality wise, they work well with a lot of guys. Hunter's, you know, pretty fun loving dude. He has fun. Skinner kind of joked, like, have you met Travis at one point when we asked about him recruiting him? AJ Duffy, bit more serious minded. Uh, he's about the game. He's about football, and I think that kind of pays off, and I think Duffy's a good spokesperson for them. Uh, Kevin Coleman, I think, is a perfect example of FSU doing a phenomenal job of being first with a kid, getting him on campus, and not only impressing him but impressing the family unit. Zach has referenced his father and speaking to him. I think his comments were telling. Uh, and last note, a guy like Skinner is a perfect example of FSU is recruiting the hell out of Skinner, but so is everybody else. But the fact that Travis Hunter, A.J. Duffy, and others are so connected to that, when he visits other schools, they might have nicer buildings. The coach is going to be impressive. The film's going to be nice that they're going to show him all that stuff. But I think FSU's hope is those relationships, the one he has with Tokars, the one he has with their staff, the one that he has with those fellow players, That what that is what can possibly help them win out in the end for an elite kid that everybody in the country wants. Okay, I want to go around the horn real quick and get everyone's big takeaway from the last few days. I keep wanting to say the weekend. It was not over the weekend. Felt like the weekend. Um, Chris, I'll start with you. Like, what was your one takeaway thing that kind of stood out to you from watching everyone operate and, and watch how the last couple of days went down? These guys are organized and they're going to be able to recruit if they can get any kind of positive results on the field. They're going to help turn this thing around by assembling a good amount of talent onto their roster in the coming years. The most telling thing is such a small detail, but like they went on the tour at midnight, a little bit after midnight, and they had the showing off the slingshot on the field. Uh, and then they went on the tour, they t- took some photos. Every single player got back at 2 a.m. on the dot, not 201, not 159, 2 a.m. It was like it was well-organized and went as scheduled. It was impressive. Uh, Zach, what, what stood out to you the most last couple of days? I think we in the past, um, in the past tenure at Florida State with Willie Taggart, there were recruiting visits. Kids would be, you know, waiting around for a while. I saw none of that. Um, even, you know, we saw some FSU coaches really getting on each other about getting recruits to, to just be constantly moving around, even if, Nothing is going on. Just go and see something. Go and do something. They didn't want to waste any minute of, of these recruits' time on campus because they know how vital it is. 
based on how many schools a lot of these kids are going to see during the, the month of June. Josh, you're not there, but you're obviously working the phones. You're dialed in. You're paying attention to what's happening on the message board, talking to us the entire time. So so what did you take away from from hearing about how the last couple of days were operated? That Well, I my biggest takeaway from the last couple of days is that this isn't – I think a lot of people think that this is it. Like this was the big event of the summer, and it's not. This is just one – day of the summer, you know, 19 kids on campus. Today, we have Elijah Pritched on campus. This weekend, we're going to have like 1,500 prospects on campus. Next week, we have seven on seven. Then we have big man. Then we have more official visits. And the thing that I took away is this isn't stopping anytime soon. All 19 of those recruits that were on campus outside of Kane Madden, the transfer, those were all unofficial visits. Mm -hmm. So all of those guys, that wasn't like a one-off where FSU had to pay for them to get in. Every single one of those guys from Kendrick Law to Kevin Coleman to Javante Barnes will be back on campus again. That to me is impressive. Bishop Thomas is another name. We've not mentioned this entire podcast, I believe. Crystal balled by Steve Wilfong to FSU. FSU is in a very, very good spot. Intends to take officials to Texas and Tennessee, get back to FSU. It would not shock me if by month's end, month's end he's a commitment to Florida State. But that that's how good of a – two-day period it was for FSU where a guy at a position of major need defensive tackle who I think is fairly talented especially if you watch his film um we didn't even really talk about him. so I think that kind of credits and Kendrick Laws and on one that I believe Josh just mentioned or maybe it was Zach but we haven't talked a great deal about him he's a big timer from Louisiana that to get in they did a really really good job of being first but not only being first doing a really effective job of getting those kids in showing them a program and working on building those connections that they're hoping to foster throughout this entire process. It was the perfect amount of guys too. Like it was enough to where it felt like an event, but you could give individual time to different players. It wasn't chaotic, which we've seen in the past where sometimes you have too many guys, you you spread yourself thin. It wasn't that. So uh, it was intimate. It was exciting. It was really well done. I think we all, we all leave it pretty impressed with with what we saw that the level of competency and energy really, really good. Uh, Josh, you mentioned Elijah Pritchett, high priority offensive lineman, offensive tackle, correct? COT? Offensive, offensive tackle, offensive mm-hmm. tackle. Um, the number 13 ranked offensive tackle in the country and the 128th best player overall, four star prospect out of Carver, uh, another South Georgia guy, six foot six, 280 pounds. He'll be on campus today and he will depart on Saturday. Okay, let's. Get into a little buy or Sinone. You fellas ready? And then we'll wrap this up. You ready? We excited for it? Yes, we're extremely excited. Can you tell? No. We are. We actually are. I mean, look at Josh. I didn't have the screen off. Hang on. Oh, no, he does not look happy. He's he's laughing. I think he's laughing at me. Fire away, Sinone. I'm buying that all day. I'm also known that for sure. Bye, baby, bye. I am Sinoning it, but not. No. I'm going to Sinone it. I'm definitely Sinoning that. Big Sinone. I buy that. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I Sinone both of you. You can't out Sinone us. We're doing a little buyer Sinone. Find Sinone. This Got segment it. is going to die because you are allowing the fans to do it. I buy this, this whole segment's I, deteriorating. I'm running the show now. Buy or Sinone, the slingshot. I'll buy it. Why not? You know, it, one, it's a pretty cool looking ride. Two, I think your head coach rolling around a recruit in it, having a personal conversation, carries some weight, which he did with Kevin Coleman, Travis Hunter, Kane Madden. I'm probably forgetting at least one or two. I'm cool with it, especially because I'm confident that the head coach paid for it. <laughs> the school did not pay for it directly. Um, I went to physical therapy on Wednesday morning, so the day after Midnight Madness, and there were legitimately people talking about the slingshot. It was there was buzz about it. I didn't bring it up. People were talking about it, uh, and they they weren't sure if it was cheesy or cool, which I think is kind of the point of the slingshot too. It kind of hits that campy uh, sweet spot. So yeah, uh, mission accomplished. You got people talking about it. By Orson Owen. Mike Norvell is a top. Uh-huh. No. By Orson Owen, Mike Norvell is a top three recruiter on this staff. (laughs) 
This is the worst game of buyers to know we've ever played. Who you throwing it to? I mean, all of it. It's it's supposed to be energy. People are supposed to be talking, buying, Sinone. Normally you directed it. Normally you directed each person. Um, Yeah, I'm buying it. Mike Norvell is the best recruiter on the Florida State staff. I'm trying to get this this whole thing sponsored, this little segment here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing me, killing me here. When you play the minute minute long song, you lost me. I'm sorry. I'm I'm cutting it down. (laughs) Christopher Byersonone, buy Joel Skinner, Crystal Ball, mine, not Zach's. I was first. I'll buy it, but as I said, I'm interested to see the reaction to other visits by him. Zach Byersonone, you just copied my Crystal Ball. Sonone. Josh Byersonone, Byersonone. Uh, I didn't even know that you put in a crystal ball pick. I only reacted once I saw Wilt Fong. That kind of woke me up to what was happening. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I, I would take him a little bit more seriously, too. Uh, by or Sinone, Brian Courtney being the most physically impressive recruit to step on campus. Chris? Sinone, Gabe Harris for me. <laughs> what about you, Zach? Sinone, same with Gabe Harris. I was blown away by it. I, we, I didn't even know who he was when he walked. Yeah. Yeah, we Gabe walked up right around like eleven fifty seven, I believe, or at least that's when I first saw him. And then they opened the doors and chaos ensues. And me and Zach were like, "Who the hell was that kid?" Like we we didn't go up, we didn't speak to him real quick, we didn't really see him facially. Just saw the build, the height, the way he's put together right now. He looks great. And he went to Ohio State uh, yesterday, I believe it was Wednesday, and put on a really good show at their camp. But yeah, Gabe looks apart right now. All right, let me try to. I'm trying to give Brian Courtney some some shine here. Uh, let me change it to this: Byers to know Brian Courtney being in the top three of the most physically impressive players who stepped on campus, just passing the eye test. I'll buy. I mean, he's put together well, and I talked to Brian yesterday. I'm going to put out an update today. He is a very straight eyed, straight ahead kind of kid. He came in, wanted to just hang out with Chris Thompson, go to weight room, check out the voluntary workouts. That's sort of his thing. Like he did a photo shoot, I believe. But, like, he didn't really care if he did a photo shoot. He has that Kane Madden maturity going on. By or Sinone, Joshua, Midnight Madness. Sinone. What? Yeah, I think that this was a unique one-off event, much like some of the other things that Florida State did. You got you to gotta understand that the reason why this event was so successful is because it was planned for the moment. A lot of these prospects had not been – on campus anywhere for 14, 15, 16 months. It's been a long time. I mean, normally recruits had maybe taken up to 10, 15 visits by now over their junior and senior year. Some of these kids hadn't taken any. There's a reason why FSU was able to get them all here and and have the atmosphere that that it was is because everybody wanted to be around each other. Uh, They were eager to get out. They were eager to take visits. Florida State offered them opportunity to get in early. I don't think this is going to be something that we see every year because there's not going to be a 15-month dead period every year. I'm proud of Josh for standing on his two feet and doing that, but it's an excellent point. I think next year when kids are able to take a ton of spring visits, go to spring games, have those recruiting visits, it doesn't stand on its own. I think back to Friday Night Lights, the first time I went, how it was an electric special show. It was Mm -hmm. uniquely special. Uh, Four or five years later, it was a watered-down, overcrowded disappointing event in that sense it was not right. the same you can't you you can't create the magic again right you don't want to do this event again and have three and four star recruits not not top 150 guys you don't want to have coaches being tired because they do this every year like this event was so special you put it in a vacuum and you move on but i don't think there's i don't i'm not concerned about FSU running out of ideas because what you see here is a staff that plans for the moment. When you start wedging in a event just because it was an event that you've done, you run the risk of it jumping the shark or, or just growing tired and not being relevant anymore. So no, I think Florida State next year will do something different. It probably won't be a midnight madness event, but it'll be more catered to what is effective in those times. Yeah, I, I guess i just meant like was this event successful but uh, oh well, absolutely it was successful i mean so was, you know, the, the event was successful they had 19 prospects on campus and nine of them were top 150 kids in what world is that not a success that's just a bad buyer sonone buyer sonone josh grabbing a beer with me this weekend mm, i'll buy that yeah 
Let's get drunk. Uh, Josh, you are. Let's let's finish it up. We got a mega camp. I don't think we're gonna do a podcast before the mega camp this weekend, right. which I've been thinking was on Saturday this entire week. Now it's on Sunday in my brain, just, just between Memorial up. Day. Yeah. I just I can't do it. I can't. Yeah, it's the short week plus the the midnight madness. It feels like today's like Tuesday and it's already mm-hmm. Thursday. Yeah, the yeah. rare Tuesday that feels like a, a rare, rare Thursday that feels like a Tuesday. Um, mm-hmm. But but so Josh is coming up. We'll have all hands on deck. The mega camp will be on Sunday. Do we want to do like a quick preview, like just one or two minutes here real quick, fellas, of what we're expecting or just wrap it up? I don't think we're expecting too much on Sunday. Um, I think it'll be good just from an overview perspective. And then also, yeah, there'll be some prospects trickling through. Zach, you got some names that are coming through, but I think really Sunday is going to be a time where I get up there and just observe from an from an overview perspective. Yeah, but Zach, I mean, who's going to be there? Yeah, there's going to be like the, the it, it just, the, it's going to be jam packed with, with recruits um, all over the country. But to name a few. I know um, th- there's some guys coming up from South Florida, like a Nathaniel Joseph, who's one of those top 2023 receivers in the state. Francois Knowlton, a UF defensive line commit, is expected to be there. And then um, a guy from overseas that that's now playing over here out, out, out west, Hero Canoe. He's a D-tackle D that FSU offered, and, and they're interested in. So he, he should be working out uh, at the mega camp as well. Yeah, Canoe is a good example of what I'm interested in seeing. There's going to be groups that come in, uh, and some of them are going to be international-type groups. I believe the group that has a lot of kids at CAI, CAI down in Clearwater is bringing kids. Those groups are always interesting because a lot of those kids have never been seen or this is their first or second camp experience. They go to mega camps because it's the best chance to kind of jumpstart their recruitment. Sometimes a dude emerges, and that's always something I love seeing in recruiting. As a guy that you see at the camp and you go, holy hell, he can definitely play here. He's really talented. So I am looking forward to that. But it's going to be a bit of mass organized chaos. All right, guys. This was fun. Very informative. Uh, appreciate all the hard work that everyone has done to, to make this past few days really successful for Knowles 24-7. You guys kick ass. And uh, thank you for being here on the bench. I know you're all tired. So thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you guys sometime early next week to kind of recap the mega camp and any kind of recruiting updates that happened since then. All right. I'm Brendan Snow. It's been on the bench. Talk to you later. Gun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.